there, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of the Everybody Counts podcast. It's Tracy here, and I've got Jay with me, a.k.a. Welliver B. Titus III. Did I get it right, Jay? Yes, you got it right. Finally, it's only been like 10 years. What's up, everybody? (laughs) So we're excited to talk about Bosch Legacy Episode 3. Uh, things have been a little lagging lately. Sorry about that. We've had, I've been out of town. Jay has moved. So there's just been a lot going on. So hopefully we can get more content out a little more regularly from here on out. So uh, just a reminder that we also cover the Lincoln Lawyer. You can follow our Twitter at Lincoln Law Pod for specific Lincoln Lawyer content, but it's all under the same umbrella of so many shows for the podcast feed and for the website. So you can find both there. We did want to bring some attention to Amy Aquino's annual fundraiser for End Alls. If you do hashtag End Alls, you can learn more about that and the funds she raises for um, Alzheimer's research. Amy has a history of that in her family. And if you go to her social media at Aquino underscore Amy for Instagram and Twitter, there are links there where you can link to her specific story and her fundraising efforts. She does, she makes blackberry jam each year and it comes from her, her own yard. I mean, she grows the blackberries and she gets a group together and they uh, jam out, right, Jay? You know, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> but if, uh, depending on how much you donate, there you can get a jar of jam. There's also a raffle for a different amount, but all in all, it's just a great um, thing to support. So check out her social media for more information on that if that's something you could participate in. So we are very fond of Amy and wish her the best with those fundraising efforts. Absolutely. So how do you think the Ritzy Moberts is working out, Jay? If I want to do a make-believe name, is it going to stick? I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you're all Ritzy to me. (laughs) We'll see if it catches on. We like our make-believe names. Pete P.I. is not here right now. He may join us at some point, but we do miss him at the moment. And uh, Speak for yourself, Tracy. Oh, speak okay. I'm speaking, speak I'm speaking as Ritzy right now. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. <clears throat> well, we usually start off with our recap. So we can just jump into the episode. It, it starts off kind of crazy. Honey has this sort of a, would you call poor it a hallucination? Honey. Yeah, poor honey. Yeah, Jeez making the coffee, getting ready for the morning. She looks up and we see that most horrifying image, which freaks me out still to this day of Charles Kipps in the mask, just as he did when he shot her in season seven. She's even got the coffee pot, you know, she's making her coffee, but it turns out it's, you know, like a, a, a lawn person on her patio or something. So it, it, it's not for real, but it seems real, doesn't it, Jay, at first? I feel bad for her, man. Oh, oh. Yeah, I mean, it's just devastating. I mean, because it, you know, they're portraying that it feels that real to her. And it's just, it's just really scary. I mean, I can't imagine living with that image. She needs a new coffee pot. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know it's significant, but put it on a shelf and get another one. But she wouldn't. She's not giving up her home because of this person. And maybe she's not giving up her coffee pot either. No, but... We should buy her one. Let's okay. just buy her one. Okay. All right. I'm 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 in for that. Well, she realizes that it's just the guy outside blowing the leaves, I guess, on the patio. She is getting ready to head out to Terminal Island with Bosch to pay a visit to Willie Dats. What do you remember about Willie Dats, Jay? Um, that he's a jerk that likes to shoot <laughs> people. 
Yeah, or, or arrange for or people. arrange for shoot, yes. shooting yes. people. I'm sorry. Yes. yes, yes, yeah, yeah. He was arrested by our man Jay Edgar and uh, Pierce in season seven because he was the middle man for Carl Rogers taking all these hits on Honey as well as several other people. So he is in jail, but he has also recently recanted his testimony about Carl Rogers. Scumbag. Scumbag. So, yeah. So we can't even get this guy to give up the information so they can take Carl Rogers down. So Honey and Bosch are on a mission to find out what happened. So they, I think on the way to the prison, maybe, is that when Bosch sort of I don't know, you want to say forgives Honey or says that Herstat, quote, might not be guilty. He kind of, is that on the way there, I think? On the way or on the way back. But what do you think about that? It's good. He recognizes that, you know, maybe he didn't need to be so potentially angry about right. it. And maybe right. everything was the way that it was supposed to be. And what he did was a good thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, he kind of sort of an apology, sort of. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, I guess I guess, you know, for Bosch, you could probably right. call it an apology. Maybe not for your average person, but for Bosch, I'd say that was sort yeah, of you take a, what you can get. You take yeah. what you can yeah. get. So that was interesting that that came up because Pete and I talked about that a little bit last week that, you know, well, how mad is he still that that, you know, DNA business came up? So I thought that was interesting, but they make it out to Terminal Island. Dats comes in. I mean, he's looking rough. Isn't man. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a good look. And yeah, prison's not, not good for that. He's just looking rough. He has, of course, he has attitude. You know, what do you guys want? But he says it's better than sitting in a cell. And but his his level of toughness or just sort of his attitude changes a little bit when Honey brings up that she had a prior client that she calls a shot caller for La Eme, the Mexican mafia that's in his cell block. She's so slick. <laughs> she is so slick. Raul Araya is his name. And they, they want to know what, you know, who got to you? What, why, why did you change your testimony? And she puts this little piece of information in there and she doesn't really say that she's going to try to take action against that by means of Raul Araya, but she says enough to make him question her legalities, first of all, and to make him afraid. So he coughs it up. As I would as well. I, I mean, hello. Okay. And what and I just... Dogs in the house. Coltrane? Is that you? Uh-oh, we closed, a, we closed a window. No Not more. that that's going to help very much, but whatever. So, so yeah, he, he begins to cough up the information. And, and you remember on the way there, she Honey did ask Harry to play along. So, you know, she had this planned out, you know, and he knew there was going to be some something there that she I mean, you know. Up. She didn't, she didn't really threaten anything, but made the message pretty clear. Like, you better tell me what I want to know. Yeah. That yeah. uh, was good. I'm proud of her. I'm proud talk of about, no nonsense. Talk about a gray area. That's about as gray <laughs> as it can get. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he does, yeah, he does get sure. up the information. And he says that an attorney showed up. It was clear that he was representing Russian Bratva. And they said, change your testimony, take it back, or we'll, and if you do, we'll take care of your family. And if you don't, we'll take care of your family. I mean, talk about a dual message. That's, that's pretty scary. So he took his testimony back. So he now, Honey and Bosch know that uh, some Russians were involved. So they're starting to put the, the pieces together. Anything else you want to pull out from that conversation, Jay? 
before they leave. No, I don't think so. That was good. Yeah. Good breakdown. So it was, uh, I guess you'd call that a productive visit for what they were, what they were going yeah. for. Yeah. Now when, when honey gets back to um, the law office, you know, she's working with Marty Rose now. Uh, he seems concerned because she tells him it was successful. She got information from him and he's like, how is that possible? And she kind of, she lays it out for him and he's concerned that she crossed the line. She says she didn't, but yeah, he's, he, he has some trepidation, but she says, nope, I didn't cross the line. Like that guy, he's pretty legit. He's really legit. I like him. He, he handles it so well. Like Mm -hmm. speaking of that gray area, he's probably like, and I, I really feel like he'll be the first one to go like smack her hand and right. don't do that again. Then we get to see Maddie, Officer Bosch, and Reina, Officer Vasquez at Trejo's Donuts. And they're talking about the color of the building. Did they get it right? Is it bubblegum, Pepto? What would you say? Gum. It's definitely bubblegum. Whoa, I, was, I knew you were going to say Pepto. It's definitely Pepto. Do we have to have another poll? Oh my gosh, Jay, that... That is like, it was so Pepto. It's just that chalky pink that has just a hint of like blue in it. That's not bright bubblegum. Because listen, it's an establishment where you eat something. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be thinking about <laughs> Pepto. You're thinking about bubblegum. Bubblegum brings happiness when you were a kid and blowing bubbles and playing with your friends. So the building is bubblegum because you want to be happy when you're eating your donuts. Well, I do like your line of thinking. That is very true. You don't want to think about Pepto when you're getting donuts, but I just, I thought it was the, the perfect description of the color, but um, who knows? Maybe we'll have another poll. You know, we did get the poll results from last week. I want to talk about it. <laughs> I didn't, I, I know you hadn't brought it up. Because yeah, I didn't want to talk about it. Your team didn't win. You guys, we had the poll for the best nickname between Sneezy no. and Beansy. Beansy Ooh. was back in season five. They're in their right mind picked sneezy sneezy okay for the win let's let's pick a seven dwarf over (laughs) a cool nickname like beansy god i mean if only pete was here to i'm bitter battle it out some more i am bitter i'm sorry but that was the final result result folks sneezy for the win but back to vasquez and officer bosch they are talking a little bit about but, you know, being a police officer, why does Maddie want to be a police officer? They talk about their colleges that they went to. Raina learns that both of Maddie's parents were in law enforcement. She's, impre- she's pretty impressed with that. But Raina doesn't really give up why she, she makes a joke that she's a police officer for the overtime, you know, but she doesn't really give up a whole lot. But then they get a call about an assault and she says that that's why I'm an officer, you know, to help with stuff like this. So they get a call to, I think it's in Thai town. There's a victim named Preta Tong, and she is a rape victim. It's, uh, it's, it's very upsetting. Someone has come in through her screen window, cut the screen, and she describes the, the tries to give a description. There's not a, a lot of description she can give of this guy. The most we get out of it is that he was wearing a wrestling mask, red and black, and had really bad breath. Everything else was pretty nondescript. Sounds like the, the guy was a smoker. But no doubt she is traumatized from this. Maddie does a canvas of the area. She doesn't get much information from that. There was only one person around when this happened and they didn't hear anything. She's going around putting down little evidence tent cards. She looks at the window. She sees a tissue in the trash can. You know, she's being very careful, taking good notes. I think she's doing a really good job. Don't you think, Jay? I was actually impressed with her. 
I, I thought she was on it, you know? Yeah. The detective arrives, who's going to you know, now take over the case. She tells them that they need to, to drive Prita to the hospital for her exam and to do the, the rape kit and everything. And Maddie mentions that she found a tissue in the trash can. And Coleman kind of gives her a look. Raina kind of gives her a look. And Detective Coleman, I, but it's, it's, it's just, it's obvious that it looks like Maddie may have stepped over the line, which yes. I think she was being super helpful. But Maddie even recognizes the, the awkwardness and she says, I'm supposed to stay in my lane. And, and Raina's like, yeah. So what do you th- what do you think about that, Jay? Did she overstep? I mean, listen, she probably did. She's a boot. You talk it to a detective who's been doing this a long time. I get mm-hmm. why she did it. I feel like if I were a detective, I would at least semi-appreciate it. But mm-hmm. probably, you know, there's a hierarchy. Yeah. You're brand new to this. Don't don't tell me something unless I ask, kind of thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I don't know. There's there's clearly some unspoken rules. Yeah, that may not make sense to us, but there, like you said, there is some kind of kind of hierarchy and it works the way it works. So I guess there's certain divisions of labor, so to speak. But to kind of go along with this story, they do give Prita a ride to the hospital. And you, you can tell Maddie is just really, you know, broken up as anyone would be. Rain has probably been exposed to this more, but Maddie is, you know, seeing this victim in this situation for the first time, probably. And she just really has a heart for her. She's watching her, you know, she's upset. She ends up telling uh, Raina in the locker room back at the station later that she actually gave Preeta her phone number in case she needed someone to talk to. What was Raina's response there, Jay? Man, same as mine. Bad news. You just don't do that. Yeah. You, just, you just don't put yourself in that situation. Gosh, I, I get it. Listen, yeah. Maddie, I get it. You care. You want to be there. But man, you got to make sure that she's talking to the detective if something comes mm-hmm. up. Not to Maddie. We don't want secondhand or skewed information. And God forbid, Maddie, you say or do the wrong thing, man. Oh, come on, girl. Just. Yeah. I'm sure it must be really hard to draw those lines and to those boundaries. But like Raina said, you don't want to mess up the case. You know, there, 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 are, there are boundaries and there are lines drawn and divisions of labor for a reason there's a process and as much as you have a heart for this person um you don't want to mess it up you want to get the best justice be careful maddie be yeah careful. it's okay be to care should care but just be careful girl come yeah. on so well over at mo's place bosh is there having mo try to get some information on whitney vance's heir dominic santanella he um just got the name at the end of the last episode and wants to find out more. Let's see where we can go with this. And Mo pulls up his driver's license information. He sees where Dominic Santanella got a driver's license, but it was never renewed. And he's, he actually, they search a little bit more. And there's a good funny part there where Bosch realizes that all he did was switch to a different search engine. He's like, yeah, it's called Google. <laughs> they just have a really fun rapport, but he does go on Google, searches more. Bosch has him go to the wall of faces for Vietnam. Like if he didn't renew his driver's license ever, is this guy still alive? You know, that's the question. And because of the time frame of you know when he his age, he would have been the right age to fight in Vietnam. And God forbid, what if he did and he didn't make it? Well, sure enough, he's on there on the wall of faces. Dominic Santanella killed in action, KIA. So wow, that's a uh, that's a big end quickly. For, for Bosch's search. So, but he doesn't give it up. You know, he, he wants to get some more information. What happened? You know, what can he find out about the air? 
So that night he's searching through the wall of faces messages, you know, people continue year after year, you know, month after month, putting messages out there of, of, you know, love, we miss you, those kinds of things. And this name keeps coming up again and again, Olivia McDonald. So Bosch takes a crack at reaching out to her, sends a message to her that to call him. So in he, that's when he says the title of the episode, Message in a Bottle. He looks at Coltrane, talking to his buddy Coltrane. He's like, message in a bottle. Because, you know, you just, it's just thrown out there. You don't know if you, anything's going to come back from that. Who knows? Yeah. Worth the shot, though. I'm proud but, of him. Put it out the there. Shot. Worth the yep. shot. Well, the next day, he has Mo sweep his car because he's going to go visit Vance at Valhalla and tell him the news. You know, he's got information for him. Vance had called him, I think, through Sloan, his personal security guy, and got Vance on the phone. Vance talks to Bosch. And he says, yes, I have some information for him, for you. And he has him uh, planned to meet him at Valhalla. But when Mo is sweeping the car, it's also some com- fun conversation because he refers to Bosch as old school. And do you remember Bosch's response? Uh, no, remind me. Grad school. <laughs> that was a good response. That was a good response. He, he, Bosch wears old school like a badge of honor, you know. He should. Yeah, it, it yeah, works Don't for be him. embarrassed. Don't yeah. be shy. Yep. Nope. It's who he is. It works Wear for it him. Probably. Yep. And if he needs something that's not old school, he finds a resource like Mo. Mo. So it works for him. Yeah. How do I find a guy to sweep my car? Just in case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was apparently a pretty, he calls it state of the art gadget that he had there. He seems to have all the good gadgets. Where do we get the good gadgets? I, 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 would oh, not I don't think we can get those on Amazon. I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think yeah. so. So yeah, Bosch meets with Whitney Vance at Valhalla and he's, you know, he Vance picks up right away that he's talking in the past tense about him having, um, he had a son. And so Bosch has to tell him, of course, about Dominic's death in Vietnam. And, but, but Vance doesn't, doesn't want to leave it at that. He wants Bosch to try to get some more information. He wants to know more about his son. Uh, so Bosch is, he's happy to do it. He, he did, he does also ask Bosch about his relationship with his father, which really is non-existent. You know, Bosch says he didn't really know his father, but, it, and that kind of brings it full circle that Whitney Vance understands why it was important to Bosch to help him with this investigation with, you know, finding his heir. So yeah, it looks like Bosch is still on the payroll, Vance. So he's yeah, gonna... keep it going. Let's yeah. see. Right. You know, isn't isn't that just Bosch though? Right. It's oh, never yeah. like yeah. oh halfway done or Mm-mm. here's what I did and I'm done. It's like it's a hundred. It's a hundred percent. It really is. Everybody yeah. counts. Nobody. Hundred percent yeah. or nothing. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. Can't let it go. So yeah, he's he's still on the payroll with Vance. He leaves. Valhalla and gets in his car and sure enough somebody's following him again got another tale happens again so he makes a couple of swift moves to try to lose the tail but yeah that's that's still happening he also gets a call from Mo that Rogers is downtown has a meeting with Simon Wakefield who we had learned was his um was Rogers financial guy and Bosch heads downtown and he does a little what do you call it undercover try to creep up on their meeting get some scoop yep yep T- talk about talk about that Jay about him getting into the building and well, that, trying so to get funny. out of it's the not, building yeah like I don't know it wasn't something I expected to see from my man here but he did a pretty good job with his infiltration skills okay yeah, you know, yep. getting in, moving around. Well, there's a saying, keep your head down. And he literally was trying to keep his head down with his hat on on the camera. Uh, paying attention to like cameras and 
and uh, Security almost almost like he was a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah. I, I remember yeah. watching this thinking, wow, maybe uh, maybe if this whole P.I. thing doesn't work out, Cat Burglar could be in, in the in the cards. Well, we saw that in the episode one. You know, he did that. DNA, yeah. You know, yeah. Stuff out of it's safe. Yeah. He's, he but ultimately they they do notice him. Yep, you um, do find him. But before that, we we uh, we get to know the Ivanovich brothers a little bit more. They're quite a pair. Yeah, they're they're a spooky bunch. Mm-hmm. Like, everything I know, everything Alex says, the, the one with the brown hair, beard. I guess they both have a beard. He has the short hair. Lev has the longer hair. Everything Alex says, Lev finds a clever way to re-emphasize that. Did you notice that? <laughs> Maybe with a few expletives or yeah. a funny yeah. rhyme, yeah. whatever it is, he re-emphasizes what, what his brother just said. But they want money. They want their money back with interest. Yeah, and they're not messing around either. No. Uh-uh. no. There's, there's no give there. And, you know, Carl Rogers says, this is not a loan. You know, you, you, this was an investment, you know, into this operation, this mysterious operation. And they're like, nope. We want it back with interest. I think it's like how much is it? Forty the million? Or yeah, it was millions. Was yep. it millions? In the millions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's in trouble, man. He, you know, uh, he, and you you'll, can see you'll mess with these kind of guys. And, no, uh, no. Uh, yeah, I don't think they care whether it was a loan, uh, yeah. a dropped briefcase by accident. <laughs> like they, I don't think they care. No, like, they're not you know? interested in semantics <clears throat> at all. No. And you can tell Simon Wakefield's really nervous about it. He's like, we, we can't just, they're like, whatever you have to do, ramp up production, you know, get another tap They're You know, we don't know all about at this point in the game, what this operation is, but whatever it is, they're like, we cannot draw too much attention to ourselves. You know, we're doing something, but if we do too much of it, it's yeah, going to raise. This is all flags. trouble. It is all and trouble. So if you can't do more of what you're doing to make more money, what is he going to do? I don't know. It, yeah. It, it's, you can definitely see the stress on Roger's face and you can definitely feel the threat from Alex and Lev Ivanovich. But as we said, Bosch is listening in, you know, he gets close enough to, to, to listen in to some of the conversation, but then one of the security guards sees him on the camera. So they take chase. Again, he's Bosch. off and running like he's 24 years old, man. Mm-hmm. I'm yep. like, dang, go yep. Bosch. You can move buddy. And then jump in building the building? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Are you kidding me? The two fire escapes. I mean, there's some serious cardio going on. I mean, I wouldn't have even made it up to the rooftop. <laughs> she at the door. Screw off. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I know. I would like be hiding in a closet or something. But yeah, he, he, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. A very, very high energy chase. The one thing I think I would have taken off the hat. You know, especially once he got out further into other people and the crowd, doesn't that make him more noticeable? Yeah, probably. But I think you just just go thinking distance, you know, yeah, like distance, distance, and yeah. uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've never been in that situation, so <laughs> I'm not really sure. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. about throwing himself over that van, the front of that van? Crazy man. Crazy. I, I'm telling you, like he was like, I'm 24 years old still. I can do all this stuff, man. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. Side note, I need to ask Titus how many takes this took because I'm mm-hmm. thinking he ran like twice and was like, screw this. Okay. Just make it look good and edit <laughs> it and let's good. move on. <laughs> I mean, who could do all that? I, I, they, they, I'm sure they have clever ways to, to make it look as fantastic as it did. I, I, let's just say I hope that Titus didn't have to do all that. 
Well, we get a little more information about these Ivanovich brothers because Bosch meets with someone named Detective Volgakov, who uh, is in the Russian unit, a detective in the Russian unit of the sheriff's department. And he explains that these guys are basically brought by royalty, I think is, is what he calls them. They're like very high up there, very serious. And, you know, he tells Bosch, you know, be careful. Don't, don't want to, you know, mess with these guys or whatever. And, and Bosch basically says, you don't want to mess with me either, you know, so... Bosch is a bad dude, but he's not two <laughs> mega Russian killer crazy guys bad dude. You yeah. know? Like, I mean, I would I would I'd be careful what I did around Bosch, but I don't I don't think of him like what I've seen and heard from from these guys. But you know, time time will tell. I, I do I do uh, a job like that. How do you who do you apply to in Russia to become <laughs> like these badass like where you get to go around demanding millions and shooting people? How do you how do you get one of those jobs, Tracy? Well, how do they like, get paid well? It sounds like they were born into it, but yeah, it had to start somewhere. Yeah, how do you how do you apply for that? What's that called? I guess I can't get into that that occupation. Huh? Mm-hmm. I, I would I would advise against it. I think All right. you, you've got a good thing going, I would stick with it. <laughs> probably right you're probably right well on a lighter note maddie brings some records some vinyl over to bosch's office because you know that's where he's got to stay now with his house being red tagged she asked about him getting like a pullout sofa or something he doesn't even do that he's like oh it's not going to be that long you know but you know she's like worried about his back sleeping on that couch thankfully she also has a stereo in the car because he's really nice about getting the records but he's like oh almost like a little kid oh man i wish we had the stereo (laughs) you know She's like, it's in the car. So yeah, they go out and get the stereo and she's missing Coltrane. Yeah, which I understand. He's out with his dog walker. So not a Coltrane sighting um, during that scene. Later, we see Bosch meeting with Honey and they are looking at some of the photos he took while he was down in the fashion district. He had a list of the businesses and she says that the fronts, she did some research on him and he sees that so-called, so-called, I, I don't think I pronounced it correctly, S-O-K-O-L. And he puts it together that that's where the burner phone number was, that burner phone Mo found was that Carl was getting calls in prison from a burner phone. And that burner phone he was, um, they yep. tracked, was purchased in a so-called station in Bakersfield. So, you know, he, he definitely... It's clear now that Rogers was getting calls from them in prison. So that that's that's coming together. We're we're seeing how things were sort of transpiring. But later that night, Bosch gets a call from Olivia McDonald, you know, who he'd reached out to, the message yeah. bottle. Yeah, she yep. calls back and he and you know, he's and she said that she is family and he asks if he can come out and see her and um she agrees. So he heads out into the night, tells Maddie that he's gonna be gone overnight you know he'll be back the next day and sure enough he's got that tail again so he pulls into a rental place tries to switch cars you know he's going to put an end to this i'm just going to drive a different car right now pulls off gets back on the highway he's still being followed we see that he's being followed from the air drones unreal what the heck john Hmm. creighton trident security mo's not going to be able to check for that yeah yeah what, what are you gonna do now so yeah they ser- they are seriously concerned about what what bosch is doing and we talked about this last mm-hmm. time that guy philip corwin who's supposed to yep. succeed whitney vance he's just terrified of you know losing his you know place on the throne or whatever and they are just watching him like a hawk literally from the sky so it's kind of creepy creepy it's mega creepy mm-hmm. yeah like 
Well, we got to start looking up in the air now. I know. Oh, no. What are we going to do about this? So, yeah, they are, they're really on to them. They're, they're really, and, you know, we just talked about how Bosch said, you know, you better watch out for me too. Well, I guess they, they got the message because they really are watching him to see what kind of threat he's going to be. Scary stuff, man. Yeah. For this whole operation. Well, do you have a question for me for our interrogation section? What do you want to ask? Mine is a two-part question. If you, they're related, so I'm squeezing two questions in. You there. always have to shake it up. It's I know. Just, I can't. I can't just do something simple like, "Hey, did you enjoy the show?" Yeah, um, you just always have to modify the. <clears throat> but go ahead. Two-part question. And it's because, like, two of our main characters here were okay. Honey Chandler and and, and Bosch, right? So mm-hmm. we saw Honey in the very beginning with her like little flashback hallucination whatever whatever you want to call that right Mm -hmm. certainly an emotional thing that's going to keep coming back and obviously impact her in general we also see bosch that we just talked about like with his his crazy chase between buildings and through the street and blah 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 blah. so maybe this isn't the emotional side of things but certainly much more physical much more i'm not sure the word like you you know you mentioned cardio like for real Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm both emotional and physical items take a toll on people. Is this going to continue, you think, for these guys? And if so, how much of these two elements are really, how much are they going to change them, do you think? Yeah, it's definitely, it's all, well, we're already seeing it take its toll, definitely on honey. You know, it's been taking a toll and, and you know, we've seen the evidence of that. And so, yeah, it's definitely a psychological toll and, you know, a physical toll. And I mean, it's a great question. It, it, I don't know. It it just it just makes you wonder. I don't I don't really have an answer for it, but I don't know that there is an answer. Uh-huh. I just because because you know you take honey and Bosch from from previous, right? Uh-huh. Honey always good at her job, witty comeback, smart cookie, does whatever it uh-huh. takes. Bosch, kind of the same thing in the police world, but not not with this like extra layer on their shoulders, I guess uh-huh. is how uh-huh. I would put it. And uh, yeah. I I don't know. I guess maybe I'm just worried and I'm wondering, are you worried too? I am worried too, because they're taking more risks. They're, they're, yeah. you know, that whole yes. thing of let's do this my yes. way, yes. you know, they don't have, they don't have backup, you know, they've got each other, I guess as backup. And yeah, that is, that is scary. And you just think about the number of years, 27 years and, you know, in the LAPD and right. he's still doing this, you know, stuff. <laughs> right. he's got a lot going on. So yeah, you just have to wonder if they're going to catch a break somewhere or, yeah, no, it's it's a, it's definitely an open-ended question, but definitely a valid one because they're they have a lot of and, and they have a lot of emotion behind yeah. what they're doing. It's not just a job, right. you know. Right. It's not just right. a court case. It's not just right. a job. Right. This whole thing with Rogers is you know extremely personal. It all matters, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You add that element to it, it, I think it drains you even more. Definitely a good question. One for you. It, it's 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 kind of a small thing, but. I just wondered, do you remember the, when Maddie brings the records over there talking about going to dinner and talking about a schedule and I'm not even going to say it correctly, probably tabula rasa, tabula rasa. I'm not saying it correctly, probably, but the, the the whole conversation where Maddie corrects her dad, that made me uncomfortable. I didn't like it. Now, how did, as a dad and just as a Bosch fan, did you take anything from that scene besides just her correcting him? 
did it did it bother you did it was it bigger than just a correction I, the answer has to be yes because I, I don't think I felt it maybe like you did, but it is a very um a very like ooh kind of moment. Like, is this is this how it should be? Is this how it's yeah. going to become? In uh, yeah. like what what really does this mean? And 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 you know, interestingly too, I think it's I think it probably should spark some sort of emotion from a viewer because Part of this uh, series, at least for me, is Maddie's new journey. Like Maddie's still mm-hmm. growing up. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And this yeah. is a next, you know, like when you finally have the balls enough to go to your parents and <laughs> and do anything like that. Like, no, mm-hmm. mom, you're wrong. Or no, dad, yeah. it's this. Yeah. Where you're finally like, I'm old enough. I can do this. I can kind of fight this battle a little bit, even though it's not a battle. But so, yeah, it's a weird, it is a weird moment. Yeah, and it okay. and it is. Uh, I wonder if it's kind of defining, a, kind of a step in the way of her mm-hmm. journey. Right. No, that's it. That's that's definitely a valid question too. Yeah, I wondered if it was just me or is it <laughs> is it part of the you know becoming an adult like when you you know is it is it bigger than just you know a simple conversation? It's not like a rebellious thing of your teen yeah. being a teenager, and it's not like you're just being a jackass, but it is like. It's like a weird step in the evolution of life or something. There you go. I, I don't know. There you go. All right. Well, it's not just me. And then, and I just, yeah, I wondered if it had a little bit more bigger meaning about the growth of her relationship and becoming an adult versus, huh. you know, the daughter huh. and the dad coming more peers, you know, I don't know. I just, it was a, uh, I found it a little uncomfortable and an interesting observation. I will ask you one more though, at this point in the series, who do you think is the bigger threat to Bosch? Um, not Honey so much right now because Bosch, the Ivanovich brothers or Trident Security? Because Trident's not following Honey. She's not involved in that. So for, from Bosch's perspective, the Ivanovich brothers, they've seen him on the camera. You know, he's somehow yeah. gotten on their radar. Yeah. Trident Security is following him. Which one do you, which one are you more concerned about? That That is an amazing question because... I don't know that there's a definitive answer to that because boy, they're both bad news. They're both bad news. Now I think I have to pick one. I'm probably going to go Trident security because that, that corporate world where billions are at stake and power is at stake, you know, like we've seen enough in real life out there to know that when that stuff's at stake, like people are crazy and they will do crazy things where, you know, sure, the Russians will shoot them in but Getting in the way of $40 million or billions in a whole company's empire, I think I'm going to lean towards okay. that, that scariness. I didn't, I didn't really think about the, the dollar value there because I was leaning towards the Ivanovich brothers just because I feel like Bosch is more of a peer with Trident Security. Like that guy used to work in LAP. Yeah. He, he yeah. knows more about security. He may not know all the technology and stuff that you know that mo knows and things but i mean i just feel like that's more of a peer thing like he like he can anticipate a little bit more but like these ivanovich brothers they just seem like loose cannons to me see and i and i think they're totally ruthless completely Mm -hmm. ruthless right but i also think you know they've got a kind of clearly defined mission that bosh would somehow maybe see that coming okay 
But when you're talking about a whole evil corporate empire yeah. thing, yeah, man, you. you don't know which way it's coming. And yeah, yeah. Either way, man, boss, dude, maybe you should have just retired and <laughs> took it easy, man. Maybe doing those background checks and stuff wasn't wasn't so bad. You know, just the right. mundane right. stuff. All right, I'm going to throw one more at you just because Vasquez, Vasquez yes. and Maddie, you know, yes. they're talking about why she wanted to become a police officer. You know, Maddie's answering all her questions. It seems a little bit to me that Vasquez is not as forthcoming right now about yeah. herself. Is that intentional? Is she like, is there a reason? Is she trying to like, okay, I got to check Maddie out first. Make sure she's, I'm good with that's, her. That's Barbara my is. assumption. Okay. Yeah, I, I think, you know, again, I'm not in that industry, so I, <laughs> I don't really know. But you would think, I mean, as a as a training officer, you got to be kind of a tough cookie and you mm-hmm. can't, I mean, you should be civil and nice, but maybe not friendly yet until you earn that. I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. And maybe she's maybe semi-private too. Okay, person of interest for tonight, who... Who do you want to pick that played a pivotal role in the episode, had a, a big impact for you? Who are you going to highlight? And there's so many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, stuck between two. And I'm probably, either way, I'm going to regret who I don't pick. So I'm going to go with uh, Chandler. Okay. And the reason why I'm going with Chandler is because we saw that hallucination thing, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Obviously seeing that this impact is going to be great for, for an amount of time. But at the same time, seeing the slickness is still there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like when she goes to the prison or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, going through something, but also still being like that badass lawyer, I just I feel like. She's still performing like at peak. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and we're so early in the season still that mm-hmm. it really could mean anything for her. Like she could continue on this path of being a kick-ass lawyer. Or mm-hmm. like could derail at any time. So for me, I think that's who I'm going to go with. Okay. I think that's a good choice. I think it's a good choice. I had a couple I was going with too. So, hmm. you know, you always feel strange picking out one of the leads, but I, I am going to go with Harry because he's working two different, very big things. He's got two very big jobs going on. And in both those cases, he's being followed. <laughs> You know, even if it was just for the chase through the fashion district building, even if it's just that one chase, they caught him, they were after him. He's been sort of, you know, exposed to some degree. And we definitely know that that Trident Security is following him as he investigates for Vance. So, yeah, just kind of like we were joking. Why why don't you just go back and do background checks or whatever? He's just gotten into a lot fast. You know, we got the impression there was this kind of this lull, you know, for him as a private investigator. And bam, you know. It just all kind of blows so up. Much so much for that lull. Yeah. Yeah. No, no lull. So, um, yeah, just, I mean, not not so much what he did in the episode, but what he's dealing with right. in the episode. Right. All right. Well, we got some feedback on our tip line. Tammy told us, this is what she had to say. She said, while I am thoroughly enjoying the unexpected partnership of sorts that has developed between Harry and Honey, I am on tenterhooks knowing that somehow it is going to go south and likely in a big way. Since Bosch Legacy does not follow Michael Conley's books exactly, there is new territory and it's exciting to watch it unfold. And she has a question. Do you feel that we are going to see this precarious alliance blow up eventually? We know with Harry that trust or the loss of it is a deal breaker. It's a good point. Mm-hmm. It's a good point. Mm. Any, any thoughts on that? You think mm. it's gonna 
could blow up eventually. Do you see that as a possibility? I, I you know, kind of going to your point too, that you just had with him juggling some major things and mm-hmm. just this whole world, right. That we're in right now with Bosch. I mm-hmm. think, yeah, I think you have to worry because there's at, at too many points in too many places, something could break down. Yeah. M- Maddie as being a cop, uh, something, not going well on the day in the job and her changing her mind about it or her arguing with her dad about some procedural thing. And then the mm-hmm. same thing with Chandler and Bosch too. And I mean, there's just, there's so many avenues for it to go bad. It's, it, it almost has to go bad, right? Like nothing's ever perfect. And right. Good Lord. They're all juggling <laughs> these major things. Right. It's like, there's so many ways it could go bad. What are the chances of it going well? Right. Uh-oh. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I was impressed that he kind of got over the Jeffrey Herstat thing, kind of saw that, you know, yeah, yeah, but like in the past, I could see Bosch like just being done with her after something like that. You know, it feels like there's been some growth with him, like, okay, I'm gonna, there are other possibilities, you yeah. know, but at the same time, how, how long can you do that if there are discrepancies or, you know, differences of opinion or philosophies? You know, he's, I I do see some growth in that area and he's showing a little more flexibility. I don't, I don't know, or being a little more forgiving or, or accepting, you know, that he, this is what the thing is too, like all this is still new for him too. This whole, not really being a cop anymore and the different life of being a PI and how a PI's relationship to a a defense attorney or attorney in general is different between the two. Like there's just. Yeah, that whole little partnership, like Tammy referred to. There's so many. Brand new. Yeah, yeah, there's so many things. I, yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I... We're, we're just going to wait and see, Tammy. I don't know. It, it, we, there's, I think there's potential for a blow up, though. <laughs> there's always potential for a blow up with Bosch. <laughs> it's kind right. of right. Yeah. And we heard from Mike Martini, Bosch trivia guy. He says, hello, everybody counts podcast folks. I noticed that Honey is still using the coffee pot that deflected the bullet away from her heart in season seven. Seeing Charles Kipps inside her kitchen and her shooting at him. At first, I thought maybe it was a dream sequence, but turns out to be a daydream sequence. Then he mentions Maddie connecting with the rape victim, Preeta Setang. And Maddie mentions to the detective that there was a used tissue in the wastebasket in the bedroom. When Detective Coleman blows that off and says that she needs to be taken in for her SART exam, we get a throwback season six line when she asked Vasquez stay in my lane you remember that one with Bosch and the FBI yes yeah well they told him to stay in my lane he said there are no lanes right (laughs) Bosch is off and Mike also says Bosch is off in a few different directions with finding information about Whitney Vance's heir and helping Honey find out about Rogers and his Brockwood troubles and trying to evade his followers the chasing the warehouse was awesome work by everyone involved says, I have a couple of trivia questions for you as well, of course, since I'm kind of known for that. So let's see. God, I'm screwed. <laughs> I think I have to go. My mom's calling. <laughs> Your mom's calling. Okay, he says, when Bosch looks over the wall of faces, Vietnam War Memorial, and sees Olivia McDonald has posted many messages to Dominic over the years, Bosch types that he has information about Nick and asks Olivia to call him and posts his number. What is Harry Bosch's phone number? <laughs> I don't know, but um, well, let me look this up. So it looks like I memorized it. <laughs> oh, man, that's a that, that's a great great question because yeah, uh, yeah um, you like phone numbers. I'm surprised you didn't jot it down. He says this is a question I've been sitting on for a while because fun fact: 
This is an actual working phone number. They usually oh. are. Well, shoot, let's call it. What's, <laughs> what's the number? I don't yeah. know. He, he didn't tell us. He said he'll give the answers before the next podcast if we want. So yes, we don't know that one, Mike. Uh, second question: When Mosh, when Mosh, goodness, when Bosch meets Vance at Valhalla, there is a plaque for Whitney Vance's father. What was Whitney Vance's dad's name? Now, I did make a note of this, so I don't know if I'm allowed to look at my notes because I thought this might be something Pete would ask if Pete I, was here. I feel like that's legit. I think you could do that. So, and and because of that, I'm going to defer <laughs> answering this question to you. Tracy. Okay. Well, okay. Without looking at my notes. I think it was maybe had Nelson in the name, Nelson Vance. Now I'll pull my notes up. If I was anywhere, Nelson Vance. Yes. Look at that. Tracy, you you have won. You you get a new car. Nice. Okay, Mike, when do I get the new car? (laughs) Drop off the keys tomorrow morning, Mike. Don't put off the winter too long, okay? They get cranky. At least that's what I wrote down. For, for all I know, I wrote it down wrong, but but Mike can confirm. But yeah, I do. I thought it was Nelson Vance, and that's what my notes said. So that was fun. Thank you for those questions, Mike. Next next one we record, I'm going to watch that episode three times prior. So you and, tell everyone, Mike, Tammy, if she wants to throw out some out there, <laughs> Pete, yourself, you get the questions ready because I am going to know them all. You're going to have all the numbers, addresses, phone numbers, names. No doubt. No doubt. All right. I'll hold you to it. I'll hold you to it. Oh, wait a minute. We got somebody coming on. What's going on here? Do we have, do we have Pete P.I. coming in? Let's see. I only knew I was talking about him earlier. Dang it. Is that you, Pete? It's like he's connecting. Looks like we might get a little Pete P.I. What the heck is going on here? Oh, hey, Pete. How's it going, buddy? What's up, Pete? Hi. You know, Jay and I were going through the recap just now of episode three. We, you know, we were missing you, but we were also thinking about you because we had to tell the folks that we did get the final results of the poll. And Jay's like, <laughs> man, I wish Pete was here. Yep, that's what I said. Yep, it's <laughs> exactly what I said. Do, do you remember the winner, Pete, of the poll? Yeah, Mikey's muted. No, Pete's muted. Uh, he can't speak. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. I hear you, Pete. So how did you feel about that, that big win for Team Sneezy? I'm glad you're here, Pete. And so you must feel really good about the about the victory. Yes. Yeah. Always good to get a win over Jay. Yeah. <laughs> so glad you showed up for this, Pete. Good to see you, Mike. Jay, we got somebody else here. We got Pete. We got people coming on. Hang on. Let's see who this is. Hang on. Who's coming here. on? Someone in the waiting room. You guys invite to these podcasts. Let's see. Who we got here? What? Wait a minute. Who? Who? Who in? Sneezy to my podcast. It's Kurt, what? aka Sneezy. Oh my God! Kanazawa on the podcast. Oh What's up, Kurt? Awesome, <laughs> guys. We've got Kurt with us. We were just wow. talking about the poll, the big poll. I just have to say thank you. <laughs> I'm pretty. I heard there was some doubt that Sneezy would win, but well, the doubt is. <laughs> hold, hold on. Hold no on. doubt, no doubt. Kurt, nice to meet you. I'm Jay, but let's let's get down to business. Nice to meet you. I, I realized that me. you you played the guy named Sneezy. Okay, let's take that out of the equation. Pretend you didn't <laughs> play this guy. You were just watching the show on your couch. Which name is really mm-hmm. cooler, man? A seven dwarf or Beansy? Come on. Come on, man. I don't know. I mean, Beansy, I feel like the guy with the 
with the name that's just not as on the nose as the more dangerous one, you know, the more, uh, <laughs> you don't on know what nose. he's singing. You don't know. It's re- <laughs> we get it. We you get don't it. know quite what he's passing. What, oh, what he's okay. doing, so. <laughs> the name Sneezy just has more character in it. That's the okay. bottom line. And this is Pete. <laughs> Pete was the captain of team Sneezy. So he's just captain thrilled. Pete. Yep. Captain Pete. He's thrilled with the win. Jay was vying for Beansy and I was in the middle of it all. I thought they were both great names, but one person has to win. Well, and it, it was a pretty the large man, victory. May the best man win. So, yes, you know. it was, it was a, pretty, pretty, <laughs> a pretty large margin of, of victory there, too. Okay, can so. we move on? Can we just move on? What's, what's the next question? <laughs> what's the next question? Well, what, what would you like to say, Kurt, to all the fans who voted for Sneezy? What's your acceptance I- speech? Acceptance speech. I, I think you know the numbers speak for themselves. They don't lie. I sneezy. I am only great. I'm so grateful for also for Denise for Va- Officer Vasquez. She was the one who she sent me the link. Told me even that it was happening. Oh yeah, about um, the poll. So, That's right. Yeah, she told me about the poll, and I was just so <laughs> I was so thrilled that there's a team sneezy out there. So uh, yeah. and yeah. it's only fitting that she sent it to me too because they have exactly. Like, this- too you know exactly um, exactly i love it well you made a a big impression in that role we you know i mean i know it wasn't you weren't on screen a lot but you really did make a big impression it was a really fun scene and a fun series of events it was it was a it actually you know had a lot to do with maddie bosch's progression in the you know as an officer you know having to prove to vasquez that she could track down this sneezy guy you know all the phone calls and they, you know, they finally found you playing video games there. Is that, was that uh, supposed to be your aunt or your mom's house? I, technically my mom, it said. I, oh, I, you said I, mom. Okay. mom. Okay. Yeah, so, now are um, you, a, are you a gamer? You a video gamer? I used to be really into Halo. Okay. I used to play after school. I used to be, you know, playing live. I'm not as, as big of a gamer anymore, but that was that was my thing. Okay, very good, very <laughs> good. So you, That's cool. And yeah. the cool thing, in, on set, they actually had this game that was playing. Oh, yeah? So, like, on the screen, there was an actual, like, RPG game that was going on uh, oh, nice. as I was playing on a controller. So that was, you know. I was, I was going to say, it looked They don't pull around. Legit. Yeah, no, yeah, it's like totally <laughs> legit. So that's, that's cool to know. Tell me a little bit about your audition. Like I know sometimes they give sides for a different name or maybe a different scene. Was it a sneezy scene? Did it say sneezy? And Yeah. yeah. Uh, his, his name was sneezy from the top. <laughs> I, I think it was cool. I think they added something like they added that he said her name, Vasquez. Uh, you know, he definitely says something to her and says her name so uh-huh. there's like this history there right um, and that was added into the script cool, uh, which cool. is really cool yeah uh, that worked really well it worked really and well and actually that audition we did like with, with Denise and also with Daniela who plays one of the other officers in the in the first episode okay she did with we did like a little watch party for episode two together oh uh, nice. really cute and nice. it turned out that denise she said that her audition for this show was this scene so oh wow. it was pretty pivotal in yeah. a sense like it it you know it it defines their relationship sure. maddie and vasquez so mm-hmm. i thought it was it was interesting that she was telling me that her she had read these exact words and- oh yeah that's <laughs> that's very cool that's very cool yeah i like it what was it like working with madison lentz and, and denise and oh Jace? my god those women are incredible they they're stars and they're so warm and 
kind. And, you know, our, my first day I worked actually first day was like a training because it was their first really like, you know, stop and frisk scene that okay. they were doing any sort of like protocol stuff that they were, that they were yeah. doing like not on their own. So okay. uh, Mitzi was there, the, you know, the real life oh, yeah. uh, police officer, she was there giving them a training. And so I, <laughs> the first thing we did was I had, she just like, you know, cuffed me and she was like, <laughs> you know, you know, my wrists were pretty red by the end of this shoot. I'm not going to lie. But they did a lot of training on how to, first of all, how to make it like do a swift cuff. And then also yeah. like the exact protocol of how they would pat us down. So wow, that it was really cool to watch, to watch them, their like relationship and their uh-huh. characters like blossom. Through that. Yeah. And yeah. Hopefully for, you know, and now they're, they're like, they're friends of mine too, which is really cool. That's so, really cool. Uh, I'm Very super, cool. Um, super, super happy. Did Mitzi give you any input on your role, like how you might should act in that situation? She's, we hit it off. She said, she she was laughing at me. She like looked at me. She goes, man, you remind me of so many guys I saw on the street. Like, <laughs> she's like, the way you talk, the way, the, like you're mouthing off. And she, yeah. she was laughing the whole time we were trading. She was like, this is too real. That's that's wow. a pretty ace compliment for your acting, I would say. I mean, that oh, legit. Yeah, it was. She was a hoot. I like her. She, I, I hope we. I write into her again. And she, she's yeah. also like amazing energy. And then again, it was so cool to see like in the training. It was just the three of them, three women, just like yeah, patting us down, mm-hmm. throwing us against the wall. It was chasing us <laughs> it, it, and and doing it like it was so fun. <laughs> nice nice oh yeah they're tough yeah. i love it i love it did you film over multiple days because there you know there were two different scenes is it was it different days or how long did yeah it take? different days okay. so the first day well that we had the training day there was like a day where we like you know did like fittings and stuff like that and then there was like a a, a day of the running day i oh, felt yeah. bad for them because they yeah, they had to do the running you know, <laughs> i just get thrown on the ground and off screen i run away yeah <laughs> <laughs> but they were running all day i think it was like wow. 14 hours of just running oh or that maybe gosh. not 14 but like you know a full, full day full yeah. 12 hour day hour day so they yeah. were doing the scene over and over again different angles and i it was actually funny because we're filming in in this park you know there are kids playing over there oh, in okay. the distance and they throw <laughs> me down and i'm handcuffed <laughs> and then they run and the crew like for some of these shots they go with them and so i would just be left i literally was left behind <laughs> like in alone oh man <laughs> sometimes and you'd see you hear in the background there's these kids like on strings right. like looking at us like what is he doing what's up with that guy <laughs> that's so funny oh my gosh yeah it was fun did you cut your hair recently i did so did you keep I the sneezy length Friday. for a while there or the, yeah the sneezy length you know it's sneezy cleaned up yeah <laughs> <laughs> cleaned up yeah <laughs> Well, they let him go, so now he's getting his stuff together. And okay, all right, that's right, that's right. They gave him, they gave him a second chance. You know, the story. Yeah, he. That was a wake up call. (laughs) That was the wake up call. No (laughs) more jaywalking. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Catch you anywhere, so he's got to blend in now. Speaking of jaywalking, Jay, I know Jay has some questions for you. He's been doing a little research today. Yeah, listen, listen. So here, here's the deal, right? I started looking up stuff about you, and. And to be honest, 
I'm completely blown away. I can't even see you as sneezy anymore because <laughs> I see this badass gangster mouthing off to cops. And, and then I see you singing Maria on YouTube. <laughs> and I'm like, holy crap, the same guy. Dude, you're an impressive guy. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you, you Jay. An impressive guy. I, I there, and so like I'm like I gotta ask him about this. I gotta ask him about this. So for those that that don't know, our guy Sneezy here, Kurt was is was opera singer <laughs> Kurt for real. Google his name, people. Go to YouTube, put in his name. Like what the heck? I can't even believe it. <laughs> Thank you. I read about the what is it called? Vocal dys- dystonia. Is that what yes, it is? Vocal dystonia. Is yes. that something you're still stuck with, or it's yeah, better? it's uh, well, uh, yeah. To for people who don't know the article, like basically, I I did my training. I was an opera singer. I went to Juilliard for my grad school, and I moved to Italy actually initially because oh, wow. I had some contracts to sing there, La Scala, which is like a really awesome theater, and in the south of France. But unfortunately, when I uh, when I left, I, I was feeling something in my throat and I, I found out that I, I had a really rare neurological condition called mm. vocal dystonia and which is kind of like a form of Parkinson's basically kind of like it's like a spasm in your throat and so unfortunately it's genetic and nobody in my family sings so that was obviously like a big bomb in my life I was yeah. like whoa I you know I I was doing quite well and as an opera singer and you really thought, you know, that's a career that lasts you, you know, for, you can be singing up into your 70s, sure. 80s, you know? Yeah. So I was like, oh, my life is great. But, you know, I was I was in Italy already. And, you know, to answer your question, Jay, like, yeah, I do still have, you know, vocal dystonia. There's no cure for it, unfortunately. It only, det- quote, unquote, deteriorates more and more. But, you know, I can still sing in terms of using a microphone and stuff like that. It's just opera requires oh, no yeah. mics. Yeah, you have a how to create a really crazy control of dynamics and pitch, and so unfortunately the spasm is kind of like sometimes my pitch was a little off, or like I couldn't control the um, volume without like some sort of spasm happening. And you know, opera, I could probably sing like eighty percent of the music, but like you got to sing one hundred and ten as an opera singer. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) wow. I was so I was when I when I got the diagnosis, I was twenty five. I just finished grad school. And I was doing, yeah, I had, I had already been singing professionally before Juilliard, but that was really like a big, was supposed to be a big springboard for me. And it it was. So, you know, when I was in Italy, at first I was like, oh my God, like I'm here. At some point I was like, you know what? I'm going to come back to LA, you know, where I was, I was born and raised in LA. And uh, I never did any sort of acting stuff when I was a kid. I was uh, kind of more into music and things like that. But when I when I was in Rome, I was about to fly back here. Essentially, this woman just sort of started to talk to me in the street, and she's like, "Why do you speak fluent Italian?" And I was like, yeah, "Long story." You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she goes, "Well, your look could like really work here. I'm a casting director. Could I put you up for things?" And I was like, "Sure." You know, I didn't think I was gonna perform ever again. And yeah, shortly thereafter, I got cast in this soap opera. Um, called uh, it's, uh, wow. That's a I played a Japanese tattoo artist who speaks Italian fluently with a Japanese accent. I nice. This explain, there's a little layer about being <laughs> Japanese American, but whatever, you know, you just do it. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I started to act in, uh, in cool. Italy. Yeah. Yeah. From opera to soap opera, you know, and then I, uh, and then eventually I came back here to LA yeah. in 20, 2018. Sorry, that was a long answer. No, that's, that's great information. That's great, question. man. 
no I, but I yeah think you're... The, the singing i yeah i can still sing stuff like maria and things like that um yeah like you know I'll, I'll occasionally sing for benefit events and stuff like that but in terms of professionally doing it like I, my friends who who are still in opera there's another expectation and a kind of sure. um, the level and um, it's really cool to it's cool to be able to watch them all thrive and having these like huge careers and record deals and things like that yeah but and then also to know that like oh well, i'm also it's cool that i'm able to carve out this other career that i really never sure. thought i would I'd ever do and your your positivity and openness is really inspiring i mean going through all that i mean that's oh, thank to you. see you move yeah. forward in a, a different direction but something you know that i it sounds like you really enjoy you enjoying the acting i love it yeah good, I, good. I mean you got this this kind of community people who just love tv who love characters oh yeah, love, yeah. like who love universes mm-hmm. like yeah i have a friend the, the lawyer actually in this episode the first olivia sandoval mm-hmm. she left me she saw my name uh-huh. on the height on the cast sheet and she left me this really sweet note it with the makeup people and they gave it to me when i came on set she said oh, wow. um, bless you what she said for Aww. sneezy, for sneezy. <laughs> oh, <I got> it. <laughs> perfect perfect yeah so yeah That's you know cool. there's some weird some crazy like full circle things i feel about yeah. that kind of you know just being you know in la growing up here but not being in the industry in any way and now kind of like as like this native son coming back it's kind of yeah. it's so it's so interesting to, right to, to experience it like this had you I'm watched yeah. bosch before had you watched i it had ever? yeah i had watched bosch before did you oh, have man. anything else jay i told you i list? could i could talk to this poor guy forever <laughs> i mean i'm gonna try not to because he's probably got stuff to do but just a couple Probably. more questions, I promise. I promise. Okay. All right. So All right. I think I, I think I read your your mom was a lawyer and your dad was a lawyer, right? Is, yes. is that correct? Correct. You're not a lawyer, and a lot of times, you know, the families like that lawyer, lawyer, doctor, doctor. <laughs> how how were they? I guess originally when they found out, wow, this kid can sing, and then how were they when? Wow, okay, he's going to be an actor. Is this uh, is this cool with mom and dad, or what do they think? Yeah, the whiplash has been pretty wild for them. Um, <laughs> they they really come around, I think, especially recently. You know, when I first, they were really excited about when I was doing music. My dad, I used to play the saxophone too, and my dad used to film me all the time play. You know, you know, I would watch back. And he was, they were really excited about the music stuff I was doing in high school and stuff like and stuff like that. I don't think they really thought I would like, and I never thought when I went to college that I would ever, this was going to be like my career. Okay. Okay. I thought maybe I would be like a choral conductor because I just didn't really have a concept of like what career paths well, were. I just young. figured I'd, sure. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you're mm-hmm. young and I figured, you know, I'll probably just, I guess I'll just become a lawyer, like whatever. Like, <laughs> just just like, become a lawyer like along with everything mind. else you can do. <laughs> yeah. When I went to college though, so um, I, I, I did my undergrad at Columbia and this, this basically somebody just start, heard me singing in the shower and uh, she was like, you should go see this voice teacher. Like he's very famous, but I bet he'll never take you as a student. And I was like, give me his number. Take me right. as a student. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He turned out to be uh, this man named Spiro Mollis who was on Broadway in The Most Happy Fella. He also sang at the Met Opera. You know, amazing singer, this uh, this Greek American guy who's so loving. Um, he passed recently, but he 
and he was also on Sex in the City. He did oh, like wow. everything, Broadway, oh. TV. Oh. And okay. he was he was the one who was like, you need to change your life. You need to be in opera. Um, you need to be singing, be on stage. And he really always encouraged me and kind of was the one oh. who who changed my path to be to really to and and exposed me to a lot of like people who were doing this as a career. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. not for him, and then also uh, could explain it kind of to my parents like effortlessly, ah. right? He, you yeah, know, right. I could be like there's this guy who says I'm good and he's done all this like legit. He was like right. the lead of a Broadway. Right. Was a, right. He knows what he's talking about, you know? So yeah, I, it, he was, I think he was his like stature and, and everything okay. kind of that helped ex- explain to them uh, in the past year, especially like something like when I did Grey's Anatomy too, that was like a thing where they were like, Oh, okay. Yeah. He's doing something that's like recognizable. Um, and then this year too, I got to go to Tribeca. Um, I, I was a leader of this of a film that premiered there last year, and that I think also really helped them understand, okay. like, okay, this is like this. This is happening. Yeah. Th- there's a reason why he's doing this, and right. and, and I understand too, because like that story too was really close to me, because it was a it's based on a real kid. His, it was called A Life in Pieces. The uh, diary and letters of Stanley Hayami. And Stanley was a young kid, a teenager in the San Fernando Valley, who was uh, incarcerated in the in the camps during World War II. He was Japanese American, and then was ultimately drafted into the war and fought in Italy. Against oh, wow. Um, wow. Unfortunately, he, and he perished in Italy, um, saving a friend. And this story, though, we, he kept a journal the whole time he was in the camps and in the, in the incarceration camps in, in uh, Heart Mountain in Wyoming. And the diary he kept is one of the only primary sources we have from anybody in, in these oh, camps wow. during that period. Oh, and wow. his, his diary, it's like one of the top five artifacts of the Japanese American National Museum, which commissioned it. Wow. And he kept these really beautiful drawings in the diary. And what they did is they took, they made a film where they brought his drawings to life. There's someone animated um, yeah. in virtual reality. And then I played him in virtual reality and also as the voiceover. And so you would see... Wow see me in the, when you watch the film you see me as him in uh-huh. this like in this barrack and then you also see like kind of en- entries from his diary come to life and like the animations of like the characters that you was very imaginative very sensitive kid that's really Had really interesting amazing ideas so when i you know doing stuff like that too that connects yeah. to like even your your history and stuff my parents sure. are from my parents are from Hawaii, so you know they even LA in general. They're I don't know if they always understand, but like you know, I grew up here, but they had like a different a different experience. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. My dad's Japanese, my mom's Filipino, and they're very like you know life, whatever life is life just right. happens, and you know it's a little different here. You sure, know, sure. Growing up, and um, I think the more that I share with them, and the more that they see things like Bosch, and, mm-hmm. and that they're I think more for them. The fact that their friends watch Bosch, they're yeah. like, oh, oh yeah. that's gotta help, right? Yeah, right. yeah. they're like, right. you know, and they would when they told. I think my mom, I remember, she was telling her her firm, she was like, Kurt's gonna do this thing. It's like a show. I think it's like called like starts with a B. It's police something. And this other partner, the lawyer, like Bosch. She's like, oh my god, I've been nice. watching like. She's like, can't wait for that new season of the awesome. new series. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that kind of enthusiasm really just makes them realize like, whoa, yeah. 
Good. Okay, go. Go do your thing. (laughs) I think we should have a campaign since your parents are attorneys. You obviously have experience with, you know, the law and everything. You're just being exposed to that. We need a campaign to get Kurt on the other Michael Conley show. The Lincoln Lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Just circle. Yeah. Yeah. That number one show. Yeah. Right. That would be amazing. All right. Let's do it. Sneezy cleans up and Sneezy cleans up. Gets his race on. Let me me ask my final question. I'm going to, I'm going to tie it all together now. I've I've circled everything. I'm going to get back to Sneezy. Back to Sneezy. So Sneezy, uh, Sneezy was, was let go. They very nicely let him go. He probably played his video games afterwards, blah, 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 blah. But let's say Sneezy was hungry after that. Okay. Okay. Would Sneezy, do you think Sneezy would enjoy the McDonald's McShrimp? <laughs> Uh-oh, there's got to be some meaning there. I I think he would be game. <laughs> you know what? That McShrimp, so Jay is referencing the short-lived McShrimp in Italy. In that, Italy, okay. That okay. Would, but they had, for a hot second, they had a McShrimp burger. And that was one of my, I did a commercial where I... <laughs> <laughs> well, I played the the Japanese trip chef the making chef. your mixed shrimp. Nice. <laughs> We're gonna you're gonna have to uh, give us that link, Jay. I want to see it. I, see it. <laughs> I mean, it was really good. Was- I, especially you guys, you have to go watch it, right? Because like he he makes it real quick, you know, and it cuts to and from him or whatever. But like the final product is done, and then he he kind of looks up with this look, like yeah. <laughs> like i was like okay i gotta i gotta like have one of, of these now. yeah yeah, yeah. Awesome. very limited it was a limited edition yeah uh, i'm sorry you missed it i'm sure they have one like freeze freeze dried somewhere right, freeze dried. right, right. <laughs> after oh, resurrect the mcshrimp how about that i well, think sneezy would love a mcshrimp and i i would love it if they offered it in the United States. I think that would be a, it'd be great. Let's have more fish in our diets. Listen, yeah. I just looked it up and it looks, it looks good. <laughs> I would eat it. I'm game. Let's go. Hashtag. Who doesn't game. like breaded shrimp? Yeah, it's a breaded. Breaded. It, it looks like right. fried oh. shrimp with, oh. with a bun. Yeah. I didn't even think about it being breaded. There you go. William McDonald's. Yeah. Okay. Does it feel to know that I spent like three hours Googling you and searching through everything that I could find? Is that kind of creepy? I am so grateful. That was not anything I was expecting. Hey, hey, there's just so much to uncover. Who knew? Who knew? I mean, I like him. I love this guy. Yeah. I mean, we were so excited about Sneezy and now all these other things. I mean, it's amazing. But I mean, just honestly, we are huge Bosch fans. There are so many Bosch fans out there. And it was just a really fun role. You just you just did great. I mean, you brought a lot of humor and and it did. It did make an impact on on the storyline. So it's just one of those things nobody's ever going to forget. You're going to talk about another season and you say, oh, remember Sneezy, you know, the first season? Everybody. Everybody. Oh, that's and I, you know, shout out to to the to Patrick, to the director. He really. Oh, I love Patrick and the writer. And Tom, the, Tom, Tom, uh, yes, he wrote that Tom, yes, right? yes, and Ahsoka. No, yeah. he was amazing too. He was there on set with us. Um, nice. Uh, he, him, and him and Patrick were so. They, they, I remember in the final day too. There's a cut 
that uh -huh. exists somewhere where Patrick told me, you know, the two cops, they come in and find me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was very timed in a way so that like, I would never know exactly when they showed up. Um, right. So that would be like very real. But he did this. <laughs> I remember the last take because they got it in like the first couple. It's very, it's such a, well, such a well-written scene. Um, but they basically, he, they got it and he just whispered to me, he was like, okay, next time they come in, you look at them and you say, wait, and then continue to play your game. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So there's another cut where I saw yes. the wait and those, they lost it. They were like, what is he doing? <laughs> that is hysterical. <laughs> that there's is cut awesome. Out there and I remember Matt and Denise, they're like, excuse me? Like, <laughs> that is funny. hysterical. That's awesome. I love it. Well, thank you for spending time with us. We really appreciate it. Wish you the best in, in all you have. Is there anything you want to tell us about coming up? Or, uh, I you know? am so grateful for you guys for having me. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'll be doing a couple of features this summer. One's okay. coming out in August. So right, that's keep exciting. I definitely will. And I'm, I'm just, I'm so grateful to be a part of the Bosch world, Bosch uh, universe. Yes, so it is a universe. thank you guys. Right so awesome. much for being so thanks for reaching out to me and thanks to denise for even yes for, for letting me know about this awesome poll and to all, all the fans on the end, yeah. hashtag Don't. team sneezy guys there you go Forget. it will live on it will live on forever <laughs> well you take care thank you so much yeah, and thanks uh, Greg. it was awesome talking you to you man yeah thank Bye. you thank you for the questions jake and thank you sure. Jason. take care take, take care, care man all right guys that was fun who knew well, I think that's it for tonight. That was really fun talking to Kurt. And cool dude, man. Cool yeah. dude. So I think that's it for us tonight. See you later. Well, next time. See you. Bye.